I have a selfie that we, we printed out of me, Kelsey, and Alexei Pajnatov. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Oh, cool. Very good. I never knew that's how it was pronounced. I always said Pajitnov. I don't know. Making it up as I go. <laughs> it's choose your own Anglicization, I guess. I mean, you interviewed him for a cover story for Game Developer Magazine. It's true. You still don't know how to pronounce it. I said Pajitnov at the time, and he didn't stop me. It's just Alexi. So Alexi Tetris. Yeah, Alexi to his friends. my friend. Stay a while and listen. This is Insert Credit, a show where a panel of video game experts responds to a curated array of questions within an allotted time frame before getting cut off by a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and the first time I really learned to parry in a video game was while playing The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Hmm. Uh... My name is Frank Cifaldi. The first time I learned to parry in a video game, gosh, uh, I'm having a hard time thinking of like older stuff besides like Street Fighter-ish games that even had parries. I might be uh, influenced by Jaffe's answer, but I think for me, it was probably a Zelda. Um, if, if Twilight Princess had it, that was the first one I really played, like one of the first 3D ones. Twilight Princess. There, there was a parry tutorial in that. Yeah, his name was Perry, and he taught you how to parry. Exactly. Uh, let's see. I'm Brandon Sheffield. My first Perry experience is very hard to recall. Was it Perry Mason? Yeah. Who do we need I on the case? I think that was my first Perry experience. We yeah. need Perry Mason again. Mine was Papa Loves Mambo. <laughs> um, you know, it's easy for me to say Street Fighter 3, um, but I didn't really do a good job of that. Did I? So did I really learn? I feel like maybe I didn't actually learn it. And then there's Oscar 120%, but th- that isn't really parrying, it's clashing. I don't I don't know, it's hard to choose the first one. I like there there are uh, shooting games where when you shoot a bullet, the bullet goes away. Does that count as parry? I would say yes. Or or in um like Radiant Silver Gun when you use the sword to slice away the, uh, the 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 bullets and then you release them. Does that count as parry? I would say any case where you defend by attacking is parry. Okay, I'm going to say Radiant Silver Gun. All right. Uh, we have a guest on this week's episode. Joining us is contributing writer for Wired, US Gamer, Polygon, and the creator of the Annotated Games series on YouTube. John Learned is here. Hi, hi. Uh, my first Perry experience, I think, was Nothing Shocking in 1986. That's the one with Jane Says on it. Mm-hmm. And um, Ben Caught Stealing was later, but, you know, Feral was my first Perry. Yeah, I guess um, I, I, I kind of mix up the timeline on which of the singles was first, so I'm glad you clarified yeah, that for me. Yeah, it took, I, I had to have a whiteboard up here and I had to sketch it all out. But um, I hope no young people are listening to this because they sure won't know what this is about. <laughs> they aren't. Well, he said Perry Mason, guys. I mean, yeah. Yeah. A Perry Mason's on Paramount Plus right now. You can't say that about it. Yeah, Perry Mason you can still Paramount Plus. engage with. Perry Mason had a, like, a, uh, there was a new Perry Mason series, like, two years ago. Oh, Come that's on. a good point. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people watched it. I started that first episode, there was a dead baby in it, couldn't go on. That's true, there was a dead baby in it. Only live episode. babies for you? Preferably no babies. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Now you don't know the Perry Mason origin story. So, like, <laughs> if you try to watch the old episodes, you're not going to understand <laughs> yeah, who this guy totally is. You're going to be totally lost. Yeah. 
Um, I, I'm kind of with, with Brandon. I, I think that the first time I parried something may have been in Street Fighter 3, but I, I wouldn't say that I learned it. So it might have been something like Demon Souls, and I hated it in there too. So I did it once when the game taught me to do it, and then never again. Yeah, parrying's not that fun for me. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like Third Strike an awful lot, and yeah. I like the parry system in there, but it took basically me forcing myself to, to, to like it, to overcome that. So uh, Third Strike is good. Everyone should play it. It's a good game. It's cool. I think that's the general Dark Souls experience as well. You kind of have to learn to love parry. Yeah, and I didn't. I, You know, every Souls game I've played, uh, I had said no no thanks to parrying and played the, the entire all the, the all of those games without them. Really? And I deeply love those games too, but I still don't parry in them. Interesting. Correct. Take that from soft. That's right. I don't know how you play that game without parrying. All right. Uh well, the thing I didn't tell you about the show, John, is that every one of these episodes we record has a winner, which we decide at the end based on how well you all did. Our winner last time was Frank Cifaldi. And his prize is that he gets to lead our first topic for the episode. I get to make it up. I don't just read it. Like if you gave me something <laughs> to read, I'd be fine with that. But I got to right. make something up here. You don't have to make something up. I do have a question for you. And <laughs> you, you can, you can provide me something to just yeah, I can, I can provide it for you. <laughs> I can. <laughs> this isn't something we typically do on Insert Credit, the what have you been playing lately type of question. But I want to yeah. know about your experience with Return to Monkey Island. Sure. And I assume I'm the only one in the room who's going to be able to speak to this at all, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, yeah. That's okay. We can ask you about it. Yeah, you can ask me about it. Yeah. So this game, I mean, I think even if I wasn't someone who was like deeply impacted by the original two Monkey Island games, I, I, I think I would still find this one really interesting um, because this is very much like an autobiographical game about making this game. Um, hmm. This is a series that two of the three creators and, and Tim Schafer didn't, didn't work on this one. Um, they're, they're returning to this franchise after 30 years, you know, it's been 30 years since Monkey Island two came out and right. they're making a new one now together that is attempting to pick up where they left off. But it's also like, I mean, it's called return to Monkey Island. Okay. <laughs> like, like that's the name of the game. The plot mm -hmm. of the game is that you're the character from the first Monkey Island returning to the setting of the first Monkey Island, trying to do the same task that you tried to do in the first Monkey Island, but it's been years and everything's different and weird and the old ways don't work anymore. You know, like it's it's very much like like meta contextual for like returning to the series. And I don't know, it's a fascinating game. It's it's I mean, first of all, it's just a really good adventure game, but um you know, these two guys were challenged with kind of dusting this thing off and, I don't know, kind of bringing the series, I guess, or, or I don't even know if it's bringing the series back or as much as it's just like making another one their way, uh, where the sequels that they didn't work on, I think, you know, didn't really fit the tone very well. Um, mm -hmm. But also acknowledging the other ones and respecting them. And anyway, long story short, like, I don't want to spoil the ending of this game or anything, but it's like, I, I find that this game under the hood which you know people don't like to get under there they just like the surface level what's happening in the lore or whatever but like under the hood it's really clear to me that this game was extremely meaningful to make and the sort of tone and messaging of it is one of like i'm trying to think of how to describe this without spoiling the game guybrush's like mission in this game 
is to finally figure out what the secret of monkey island is because that's the name of the first game it sure it wasn't really a secret and you know ron sort of like in the early days of the internet kind of in an old interview was like oh yeah there was a secret i just didn't get to it that would have been in the third game i just had left by then and so for like 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 20 ish years you know people have been obsessing like well what is the secret that's in ron's head and and this game is kind of like in the, in this game, Guybrush is like, I'm going to go find the secret, and 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 it ends up being more about like about just appreciating things for what they are, and 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 how there's really no way to be satisfied with something that, you know, like there's there was never going to be a satisfying answer to that, and 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 that's kind of what the game is about. That's what the ending's about, and I don't know, like it's. I think the game probably works fine just as a game, right? Like you, you probably don't need to know really what it went into it and who these people are or anything like that. But, but if you do, it's like it's it's kind of beautiful. Like it's 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 a game about making this game and and about what this game has meant to people over the last thirty years and and like how you go about returning to that um, in a way that that makes everyone happy. And I don't know, like I, I was I was very touched and moved by the way that this game wrapped up and i don't know anyone else who finished it so i'm kind of going <laughs> yeah. crazy waiting for people to finish it was it a little easier as far as other adventure games go i mean it sounds like you went through it pretty quickly uh i did i, I also took monday off to play it <laughs> okay mm. uh also frank has played a lot of these so it's it, it's well, not like not your first rodeo yeah so it's i'm what I would say is I'm not particularly good at or don't particularly enjoy adventure games, period. Um, but like that's, that's a Ron fishy Gilbert... statement to me because like, well, uh... no, no, no. Hey, let me finish my okay. thought. Like right. I, I, I like and I'm good at like Ron's games specifically. I don't know. Like that, that's what I actually like. I've, sure, I've come okay. to find out. Yeah, it's not even like, oh, I like the LucasArts stuff. You know, most of that stuff is not very good. <laughs> I think yeah. I just liked the Monkey Island games. And I think specifically um i'm just in tune with gilbert's sensibilities with the way that he plays with the medium like all of his games are about being games is is kind of my read on them and i I really like that so um was it easy uh i mean i i think it was 10 hours for me okay and i got stuck a few times but there's a really gentle there's literally like an item someone hands you in the game that's a hint book Um, that's great it's pretty direct yeah i had always thought that the secret of monkey island referred to the fact that uh everything that you do in an adventure game is kind of a secret that you share with people and it's kind of a collaborative process that you you kind of go to your playground or lunchroom or whatever it's like oh did you try this and this to get past that particular obstacle and that's the secret of all these games the secret was the friends we made (laughs) yeah I'm biting my tongue. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, you could interpret the actual secret in this game that way, and it would fit. Okay, that's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really kind of open ended and interesting, and and it's eh, I won't, yeah. I'm done, Frank. You can you can just tell me later because I'm not going to play it. Sorry. So uh, l- later, let me know what it is. Yeah, we're out of time anyway. We need to go to the next question. Okay. All right. What have been the most significant gameplay improvements and innovations in the Metroidvania format since Symphony of the Night? Oh, geez. <laughs> it's a funny question because, Brandon, you and I really liked Fist, and that didn't really do anything innovative at all. No, it didn't. It just it just was really <laughs> polished. It just, like, did, it did. I mean, is, is the innovation, uh, like, a tight first hour? 
like that. <laughs> like that. <laughs> had a really solid first hour. That's it's uh, it, it felt innovative in a way. <laughs> right. It felt like oh, they just made one of these, but they made it really good. Like they yeah. they went and understood why why Symphony of the Night and, and Super Metroid are good, and they just made that and without like copying it. Yeah, I'm not sure there have been. I mean, I don't want to say blanket that I don't think there have been innovations because obviously I haven't played every Metroidvania, but I've played a fair few of the newer ones like Fist and Chasm and Bloodstained and whatever. And what, what's the one with the, the, the bugs? Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. Yeah, Hollow Knight. Yeah, I played Hollow Knight. Yeah, yeah and I feel like all of them were kind of iterative at best and, and none of them were like, let's throw this thing on its head because I don't think it. I don't think it really even needs it. I think it was last year. I played Super Metroid and tried to like actually fin- I didn't end up finishing it, it just took too long. But you know, this first time I actually really sat down and was just like, I am playing Super Metroid. That game's great. Like th- like there's really no reason to mess with much of it. You know, like Symphony of the Night is just another Super Metroid to me, with the like the collecting aspect and stuff. But I don't know, like it, it seems like it seems like a genre that you don't really need to innovate on you. It, it's almost like a sport. I kind hmm. of, I kind of agree. Like every every time one of those DS Castlevanias would be like, and here's our new gimmick, I'd be like, fine, I'll let you do that as long as I can still <laughs> play the Metroidvania. Also, do the base thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it feels like most of the attempts to to change or fix or innovate are like, mm, okay, <laughs> but. The Metroidvania part of this, like the regular part, has got to has got to be real good. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe has there is this one of those genres where innovation is is not really what you want. What you want is polish and like drilling deeper, getting in in there into the the micro systems or something. I don't know. Um, I just want to play a good jumping around game. I absolutely agree with all of this. I mean. I, I mean, this sounds pretty reductive, but I think I think Super Metroid really figured it out. And I think Symphony of the Night probably it altered it enough that it's not the same type of game, but it's it's similar enough, at least with exploration, that I just I don't want to say it peaked right there. But like to your point, Brandon, I every time a new Castlevania game would come out for Game Boy Advance and DS, I'd be excited for it. But it would be it would be saddled with things that I don't care about, like the soul collecting stuff in in Aria of Sorrow and Dar- Dawn of Sorrow, like yeah, that's it's fine. It's cute that you know I could do this as sort of a side thing in Symphony of the Night, but like if the whole game is is based in me grinding for for specific enemy kills and drops, like I'm not, I, it's that doesn't really appeal to me that much. Um, I I think maybe the best Metroidvania I've played since then is probably Hollow Knight, but Hollow Knight has things in it that sort of drive me insane too. Like there's a lot of what I would consider unnecessarily difficult platforming sections in those. And I, I like hard video games, but like there's stuff about Hollow Knight that just that I, doesn't need to be there. I think you're right. I don't know if this really needs that much more evolution past what we've already gotten, right? Yeah, I mean, like probably what I would do if, if I were making one of these is like, I'd give you more pets. I'd let you have like a garden area you could tend. You know, I'd, I'd put that kind of just like, I'd put more hangout stuff in it. Uh, in places that mm. like like in a hub world or whatever but that's not an innovation to the genre that's uh tacking on some more stuff to make you want to hang out there more um 
but like I might re- I might move the grinding away from killing 115 of this kind of enemy with a chance to 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 drop something uh, epic over to like gardening and arranging a bedroom or something you know like I'd, I'd i'd move the busy work away from away f- a bit away from the action there'd probably still be grinding and toward something that's more feels a little more under your control but also more relaxing that's what i would do i got a question for for i guess us first but uh, i think ultimately i'm asking the answer credit forums here um has there been a metroidvania where the the friction in the game is not combat Hmm. Uh, uh, what's that? Um, that pinball Metroidvania that came out a couple years ago. Oh, sure. Uh, the the island thingy, Island Express, Lucas Island Express. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like that wasn't a last well, time. I guess you got to just stop yeah. it there, John. Sorry. We gotta, yeah, we got we got to go to the. I guess I guess I'll never know. I got to read the forums. We got to go to the forums to figure that one out. Here's my next question: How many fighters should be in a fighting game? Eight minimum. Eight. Minimum eight is good. Because that's the Street Fighter 2 number? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's because it's the Street Fighter <laughs> 2 number, but also it's because if you've ever played a fighting game with fewer characters than that, and I have, uh, I'm always like, mm, it's missing something. <laughs> you know? I played that um, that furry fighting game that came out relatively recently that was just made by one person by themselves, and it came out on Switch and Steam, I think, and it's all about, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is with furries and steampunk, but they they seem to like putting them together. But anywho, uh, it's one of those furry games where you you wear like a newsy cap and have suspenders or yeah. whatever. Uh, and I think it has four characters, maybe maybe six total in the end once you do unlocks. And if you don't find the type of character that's for you in there, then then that's it. And and I think with eight, you get enough kinds of character that your character might be there like your your fast character with kicks or your slow character that does spinning lariats and and throws and stuff and and your your stretchy character you don't need a stretchy character but some people do your all-rounder your your anti-air they're liars we don't we don't need stretchy people those people are liars yeah well the necro was kind of fun in a way um but anyway I, yeah, I think you need eight, and then but then if you want to have like five hundred, like King of Fighters, then I'm also into that. <laughs> so there's no maximum because I don't think oh, there's a maximum for me because I love like even even like go into one of those ridiculous Mugen things. I love to hit random and then be like, I'm fighting oh, with whoever this is now. Uh, here's this person that that can be pretty fun. So and and That's the only way is great for that. Games, yeah. Yeah, KOF when you're when you hit random and you're in team select and uh, and you can do random every time in verses and so it just gives you I don't know how many does the new KOF have like 52 characters something ridiculous um, I haven't played it uh, I'm waiting for it to come out used so I don't give SNK money sorry SNK I'm not sorry SNK <laughs> we've we've spoken about this we, we've we've spoken about it um, but anywho when you get three different characters and you're like oh I kind of know this one. Uh, then you make them your your lead, and then you experiment with the other two. That's fun. I think that there's an upper limit for me. I I think eight is a good number because um there should be a good spread of play styles, and I think Street Fighter sort of hit on something where like you know pre mirror match Street Fighter, there's only two characters that are exactly the same, and if you want to play with the same you know sort of baseline skill sets, these are the two characters you have to pick. Everybody else is wildly different, and I think that's mm-hmm. that was a great innovation there. Um, and I think with 
the roster bloat of most modern fighting games as as their dlc cycles wind down there's enough um similarities between a lot of characters that like i really like tekken but i hate tekken tag because it's just it's too much it's too much to learn i guess what i'm saying is if i want to play something competitively and i want to learn it there are too many characters in a lot of these games like this this is too many matchups i gotta learn too many moves i gotta learn too many combos i gotta learn at a certain point it becomes magic the gathering yeah totally yeah sorry esper but if I just want to screw around with something, I like Brandon, I just want to, I'll I'll go into a Mugen or I'll go into a KOF game because I don't really want to learn those. I just want to poke around and, and, and play. Then I don't care. Just, you know, give me the whole crowd. I don't give a crap. But because fighting games now are basically live service games that they're still selling you for 60, 70 bucks a pop, there's always going to be a roster bloat. By the time year four or five or or six or seven or eight, as far as like Tekken and Street Fighter games are concerned. And it's just too much. Like I downloaded Street Fighter V today for the first time in a couple of years because I needed to get some video off of it. And I'm looking at all these characters and it's just this, you know, I haven't bought all the DLC, but they're still all on the character select screen. I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to play this game again. I'm not going to learn all of this crap. I don't have that kind of time. Street Fighter VI does seem like immediately visually at least a lot more interesting than street fighter 5 i really bounced off street fighter 5 hard which was sad after street fighter 4 really like brought me and a whole bunch of people back to fighting games and street fighter 5 was just like i don't know the story mode felt like it felt like an accident and stuff you know it just didn't feel like (laughs) the world was there uh but i have another thing which is um y'all remember when uh Liam Neeson got sent back to the past to to meet up with his his past self um to save their collective uh families together uh in a tournament to the death it was called Taken Tag Tournament. Um, nice. I think we have to end on that. Here's my next question. <laughs> What's the best use of a musical instrument in a non-music based video game? Oh, well, one of the very good ones is What's he called? He's called Big Trombone Saxophone Trumpet Man in um, Skullgirls, where he's a living instrument and you can use the button presses to play songs. That's real cool. I don't remember what that guy's called. Big Band is his name. Big Band. I knew I had part of it. I had Big Band written on my sheet here, and if anyone said his name, they would have gotten a point. But uh, Mm. you biffed it. Heck, son of a heck. Well, yeah, that's a solid one. I like that. And I like Ronnie Montrose's guitar in mr bones uh, it's, i mean it's yes. a skeleton playing a guitar like what what what, what, do, what do you want you want more than that too bad kid <laughs> those are mine I mean, since we already we already broke the seal on ancient 90s alt rock uh <laughs> um i'm just gonna point out in, in, in case this this hasn't infected other people here though i suspect it has that uh i can't hear mr bones without uh singing mr bones and me yeah 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 counting so. credits bones and me yeah, yeah I, exactly. now we're all cursed with it yeah i just want to make sure i mean the only way to get rid of the curse right is to spread it's it to then. spread it yeah right like yeah. those email chains just, yeah <laughs> that's how it works also from the 90s also from the 90s yeah forward this email to seven of your friends or else you will be cursed with bad luck god i got a feeling you guys have a lot of like uh 14 year old listeners don't you Oh, absolutely. They love it. You know, there are younger listeners, but they're they're like, let me learn about the past, Grandpa. Te- yeah. <laughs> teach me about what it was yeah. like with dial-up. What's a rotary phone like? 
No, uh, we we do have we have a uh, listeners from a variety of ages, but there's definitely a lot of old sirs in here for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the question is best non-musical use of a musical instrument in a game, right? Yeah, or in a not in a non-music game. Yeah, in a non-music. Oh, game. best use of instruments in a non-music a non-music game. game. Yes. Okay. Um. So it, it they can be playing music. It's just the genre. Okay. Yeah. So yes. Um. I've really always loved. Has anyone else played Ninja Baseball Batman? Oh yeah, I'm familiar. So I, I I always loved from the time I actually played that when it was contemporary in a pizza parlor that had it for some reason in Vegas. Like who bought that game? Before every boss, like these little guys come up with horns and go do 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 and then disappear, and it's just like it's such a nice way of saying this is boss time now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I like in. Both Symphony of the Night and Bloodstained, where if you sit at the piano with certain conditions and a certain kind of fairy or whatever, mm. they'll they'll play a song. I love that. I love when you sit down and they play a little song and they sing. That's the cool stuff. And the little fairy sitting on your shoulder. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures. This is a game about uh, manipulating Pac-Man's emotions to get what you want out of him. Yes. And... There's a music store that you can walk in that I think there's no gameplay reason for. This game's beautiful. <laughs> it's just full of stuff for no reason. And you go to this music store and like if he's happy, he'll walk in and he'll like play the play the piano, play a little ditty. And then like if you shoot your slingshot, that's how you make him look at things like you hit it with your slingshot. At the drums, he'll go over and, you know, like then he'll get like even happier and leave. But if you piss him off, if he's angry and he goes in there. He like walks up to the piano and just starts like slamming on the keys and just like, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. and then he like looks at the drums and he goes and he just like punches his fists through the drums and breaks them. Mm. And then the store Get owner back, starts man. like yelling and he runs out. Um, this sounds like the best game ever made. Oh my God, it is. <laughs> Do you not know about Pac-Man's <laughs> new adventures? It's incredible. Like this. This is a game that uh, has stuck with me since it came out. I, I oh, yeah. legitimately love this game. You gotta, there's got to be s- some more. Um, oh, well, hmm, this isn't the best. I actually don't like this character, but the, the Darkstalkers uh, zombie with a guitar. Not as good as the skeleton. I was skeleton just going to bring guitar. him up. It, what's his name? Raptor? Raper? What's his name? It's Raptor in the West and Zabel Zerok or something uh, yeah. or in Japan. Man, I can't believe I remembered the the first thing I said was the correct name of him. That happens a lot. It's weird. Raptor? Like, why would he be called that? He's a, he's a zombie with a guitar. That's Yeah, that's such a strange... It, I mean, it, the first game must have come, came out close to Jurassic Park's opening, right? In their defense... It's yeah. such a strange choice that you have managed to remember it all this. It's true. It's true. Maybe that's what did it. There is a character in one of those vampire games. Like it might be Vampire Savior. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know the games very well. But like one of their supers is basically starting a like a rhythm game. Like you trap somebody in something, yeah, and then you do sort of a rhythm game with the punches and kicks to get yeah. more damage or whatever out of it. I can't. I don't. Rem- I don't know who they are. I don't forums. I'm sorry. I don't remember who but... does that either. We're out of time. Here's my next question. What job in the video game industry are you not qualified for, but think you could do a pretty well job if asked anyway? <laughs> yeah, I see. CEO. <laughs> yeah, CEO. That's a really good answer, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's also probably true. Because, like, what do those guys know? I'm a boring straight white dude, so I'm qualified. 
Yeah, it's all you Oh, need. yeah, that's, so you can't, you, that can't be your answer. You are qualified. Oh, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Have you ever failed at anything? If so, then you're qualified. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think QA should be respected as something that should be qualified for, and I think I'd be pretty good at QA. I was about to suggest QA also, because I'm not qualified to do it, but I do think that I'd be all right at it, except for all the proper documentation. I would suck at that. So, yeah. Oh, that's important. Like what like what I'm really good at is learning how to do something and then getting bored and wanting to do more with it. And I feel like that would make me a good QA person. Yeah. You know, where it's like, okay, yeah, test the specific thing and be like, Yeah, well, I want to do all these other things because this is boring. Not that I'm not doing the boring thing. It's just like I I want to like innovate or whatever. So I'm I'm gonna like break things in ways that weren't even asked to be tested. How I feel. Oh, it sounds like you'd be pretty good at design, right? In that that respect, like, all right, here's the framework we've got. Let's figure out a way to make Symphony of the Night better. Uh, maybe, but design is more about like having cool ideas that don't work and being frustrated a lot. I mean, you tell <laughs> okay. me, Brandon. Right? Like, it is a lot about my that. impression of design is that right? Is just like you're just birthing and slaughtering babies constantly. You're just yeah. like pumping them out and breaking their necks. That's right. It all goes back to dead babies. I feel like... <laughs> oh, did we lose Jaffe? Did we lose Jaffe with the dead... I'm sorry, uh, On the dead babies, yeah. Not, not qualified to be a musician, but I believe that if I could sit down and learn any software, I would be an okay musician. Mm. I I would have to learn some things, but I, I, think that, I think that I could be an okay music person because I have, uh, I have an ear for it and I have ideas about it. I just have no execution ability or will to practice any instrument ever ever in my life uh but if i if i magically knew a computer software program for making music i think i'd be okay what kind of games do you think you would compose music for if you magically got the discipline for it oh i'd probably just make music for uh for brand new sega genesis games that come out in the year 2022 (laughs) that's your wheelhouse shooters rpgs Action platformers, those three, those three genres. I like the idea that Sega Genesis games are still sort of, kind of, sort of coming out in 2022. There are people still working on stuff. I, yeah, I'm buying every one of them. Good. Mm-hmm. I All mean, right. it, it is its own small industry, and I, I actually think kind of, sort of, isn't even accurate anymore. It's just straight up Sega Genesis games are coming out now. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really weird because like some of them are some of them are legitimately very good, and a lot of them would have been accepted as regular video games in their time. And some of them would have been the best ones of their time. Yeah. What, what is it about the Sega Genesis specifically that keeps bringing people back to it? Oh, well, in, in this case, it is because a very robust tool set has been made. And that's that's like 90% of, okay, I'm going to say that's yep. 75% of the reason is, is that the SGDK tool set makes making a Genesis game so much easier uh, than it uh. was in the 90s. Like, you can make a Genesis game faster, easier, better, better looking uh, now than you could then, for sure. 100%. Oh, so same reason there were all those Super Mario World ROM hacks a while back. So yes. we just figured out how to it's just use easy. everything in it. Um, and then and the other 25% of the reason is Brazilian people. Hmm. Um, Brazilian people... Love that Mega Drive. They it was it lived there longer than anywhere else, and uh, with Tech Toy and stuff, and they just got real good at it. And then as soon as I mean, they they were good at making ROM hacks from the start, and then as soon as SGDK came about, 
it was just like, all right, I'm rebuilding Mortal Kombat. I'm rebuilding. I'm I'm building Fatal Fury Special. I'm uh, making I'm making Windjammers. Just like whatever. People were just like, I'm gonna make it. Uh, here we go. And so that like someone just tried to arcade perfect arcade perfect eyes Sunset Riders, and they're they're ninety percent of the way there. It's it's uh it's wild stuff. Someone's remaking Symphony of the Night. Okay, that person's not Brazilian, but all those other ones Brazilian. They're still a hero. Like yeah. that guy's yeah. doing awesome work with that. Yeah. So an SGDK, honorary Brazilian. Though, ultimately, SGDK is is the reason. So a French person made SGDK, and then Brazilian people uh, made a bunch of other stuff. And so it's pretty much just like as long as you speak a Romance language, you're keeping keeping the, the <laughs> Genesis Mega Drive alive. Well, and that's that's true of all. I mean, it's a combination. The tools finally evolved, and and this is true of other systems too. NES, Game Boy, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Tools finally evolved, and we're at a point where mass production of the cartridges is very easy and cheap. So it's yeah. just those two things, really. Yeah, because NES is also like that's a real industry as well, and and people are making carts, they're making new games, uh, hand over fist. I'd, I'd see Game Boy stuff that coming out all over the place, and like in, in channels that like you and I aren't even seeing. You know, like yeah. I feel like there's this weird Game Boy, like not even industry. It's just like Game Boy games are just like people's cassette tapes at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like there's well, there's like there's like like editions of fifty coming out on websites you've never heard of that no one tweets about now. Yeah, because that that Game Boy, I can't remember what it's called, but that Game Boy game creator thing that everybody uses. Um, yeah, that was like so easy to use and the fidelity is low enough that you could reasonably make your own sprites even if you weren't like a, a um, an amazing artist because you can mess around with it till it looks good uh i think the game boy was sort of the the tip of the spear for a lot of people and it just exported to itch.io so you could just put it on a website mm-hmm. real easy mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's nice it's cool it's good good seeing like we talked a long time ago about how it's kind of sad in a way that these consoles that still have some sort of viable use to them are abandoned and gone now. And But they're not abandoned and gone anymore because not only can you make new games for them easier than ever and print them onto cartridges, there are like dozens of devices that will play them well that are not... Mm-hmm. Like we were worried about like, okay, maybe there won't be any Sega Genesis's anymore that people can have, but you can just buy like a Mega SG or whatever. You know, like there's... There's solutions to all of these things that are contemporary, so it's nice. Uh, I think we're going to take a quick break right here. Uh, We'll be right back after I recover from potential heat stroke. I'm wrapped in a blanket right now to dull the noise in my Florida bedroom. The end. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Music break here. Oh, boy. After these messages, be right back. We'll be right back. Woo, that really is a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. Wait, which? This right now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's worse. Yeah. Not the heat of the blanket. Yeah, the, the heat, heat, the... heat of the blanket. I, yeah, I need to read I, I went for it in the heat of the night myself. Me too, me too. C- can you hit that in high note? Oh, in the heat of the night? That high <laughs> note? No, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, I think no. I know that's a challenge and you're expecting <laughs> me to try now, but no, it's not, you, no, 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 no. Frank doesn't sing that this year. Year. 
Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for us to go to the dirt bag. This is the part of every episode where I take a question submitted to us by one of the patrons at patreon.com slash insert credit, where you can get access to the form that allows you to submit those questions. You also get monthly bonus episodes and other neat surprises. This week's question comes from Spencer Gifts, who asks, are lost memories a compelling story device? Kind of. Spencer Gifts, huh? I'm, I'm stuck on Spencer Gifts. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Good name. <laughs> a lot of lava lamps in there. Okay. Are yeah. Lost Memories a good gimmick? Is that the. Are Lost Memories a compelling story device? I feel like sometimes they are. Like they're. They can be stupid, but I've talked about the game Power Doll a million times where like you're a cyborg and you have a cybernetic brain and at the beginning of the game your brain is going into a feedback loop and you're remembering the things and i think that that's it's it works um it's more of a device it doesn't doesn't get me excited yeah. but i'm i'm generally into it i don't like the the full on amnesiac who am i what is this thing kind of deal but yeah if memories have been stolen or hidden and you got to get him back i think it can be it can be fun but you gotta like you gotta treat it the right way you gotta be aware of what you're doing it can't just be like i want a way to reveal content in a in very specific chunks like if that's your motivation then it's probably not gonna be that good i think video games very easily fall into um what i'd consider a pretty bad design thing which is that um your character which which apparently inhabits this world that you're in just suddenly, as soon as you're in control, forgets how to have basic motor functions. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and um, Look up, chief. Now look left. Or n- not even that. It's just like, I don't know, you're, you're, you're playing as like a computer hacker or something. And, and you can't just like point at a computer and say, hack it. You now have to like you know do the oh, things right. i don't know you know yeah, yeah. Like, um like it's it's the opposite of like the arkham games right where like you just point at a guy and you say do a batman on that guy and then he does yeah. it batman, <laughs> that batman. Batman. Yeah. yeah um so i actually think this could be useful as a tool in games to um to play the game and familiarize yourself with the the world and how it works and stuff if, if your character is someone who literally doesn't know what's going on yeah I think it's one of those things that's just been played out so much with, you know, amnesiac heroes and, um, you know, like like you guys were saying, sort of a storytelling device. And I like everything else, I think there's probably really good ways of doing it that I'm just not thinking of right now because I think it's just such a trope. And But it, there are so many bad ways of doing it that it becomes a trope and, and we're all sick of talking about it. So I don't know. I, I Games that have that kind of hook don't really compel me, I guess. Yeah. What do you think was the tipping point? Where was the threshold where people said enough already with these amnesia stories? I feel like it was in in the 90s when every RPG protagonist had amnesia. I think people still accepted it when it was the deal with Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I feel like they did, but I feel like they were already tired of it. It was just like that one was okay or something. Yeah, I think the last one people probably tolerated was Vagrant Story, but that's probably near where um, a lot of RPG developers kind of stopped using it anyway, because I think that there was a feeling that people were sort of sick of it. So like maybe by the end of the PS1 era, you know, RPGs weren't really using that to the same degree that they had been prior. The one that really drove me nuts was the, the trope where you've got like a thousand years ago or like a hundred years ago, the Demon King came 
And then all the warriors of light came together to destroy the demon king. And then they scattered all the things, and you got to find the the things because the demon king's coming back. It's like, why can't I just do the first one? Like, right? Why, like <laughs> history is repeating itself the exact same way. What about this is engaging to people? Like, what? Where? Why can't it just be like, oh no, the demon king is coming. What do we do? Like, that's good enough for me. I don't. I don't need it. I don't need to repeat history in a way that has. It felt like. It felt like people f- needed to do it. It felt like they thought they had to or something because it was in so many games, but nobody did anything with it. It was just like, you're the son of the hero and now you have to be the hero. But you never hear about your dad, except that like he helped seal the thing. It, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it never matters that you're the son of the hero, except that people are like, oh, I don't know if you're going to be as good as your dad. It's like, man, I'm not interested in that. That's what was so great about Dragon Quest Three, where you go back and you actually are that original hero. Yeah, that's like the only example I can think of, though. <laughs> like, Innovative. Yeah. No, there, there's a lot where you're the first guy, but it, it the, the, the other trope overwhelms it, I think. Yeah. I really wish that, like, more games writers probably used used that and, and spun it a little more. And I'm not saying that every RPG with that sort of setup needs to be dark and gritty, but like you know, maybe maybe the the bunch of heroes that killed the Demon King, maybe they were the people that resurrected the Demon King in the first place. Maybe they've been liars, and we've just you know, history's written by the the winners, and we've been pushing it under the rug ever since. Like we don't really get a lot of games like that. That you know, we we have been living in. in a lie these hundred or thousands of years and of course the demon king was going to come back because that's the way they set it up we never really got a lot i feel like there's been a couple like whenever for example like the church is involved and the church has has oh, recruited that, you yes. to do the thing yeah. but uh-oh it was actually the church that resurrected the demon king so i feel like there's there's some bit oops, okay. oops. well it's time for us to return to a segment that our listeners have been clamoring for Uh, It's a little overdue, but we have enough of a quorum here to go forward with it. It is time to begin Season 2 of Violence Island. Nice. Uh, This is the segment where we take who would win in a fight matches submitted by our listeners on forums.insertcredit.com, reach a conclusive binding verdict on each of them and then have the winners fight each other until we have one champion the last of which is banned from the island forever you know every time jaffe is like starting this preamble about like here's return of this segment that everyone likes i'm like oh my god no don't do it don't do the improv zone (laughs) this is this is the good one this is the good one you're right no no i don't pretend anyone likes the improv zone that's just for daddy (laughs) (laughs) our first match Deckard Kane from Diablo versus Abel from Street Fighter 4. <laughs> nice. Deckard Kane from Diablo. We're all looking up Deckard Kane right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, had a, he had a whole legacy, uh, right? Old guy's got a beard. Are they both amnesiacs? Isn't Abel? Doesn't, isn't he a Lost Memories character? I don't remember. That's, and that's not a joke. I'm going to go out on a <laughs> Let's say that he is, and I'm going to give Deckard Kane the leg up here because at least Deckard Kane remembers things. Yeah, he's an amnesiac. I just looked it up. There you go. Uh, yeah, he remembers things. He's. I but love he's... when people are amnesiacs in games, man. Have we talked about that? <laughs> Lol. Uh, I don't remember. Sing. 
Um, he's a failed replacement body for M. Bison as well. Abel is. So... Deckard Kane is kind of an old narrator, dude. Is he? Yeah, he's not really, like, a fighting guy. Well, who is Legacy of Kane about? Uh, not him. Really? <laughs> oh. This is a Diablo character. It, oh, you know, I always thought those were related for some reason. That's... I guess that doesn't make any sense. I don't know why I thought that. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, this oh, guy, we're all learning know. something today on Insert Credit. This this Deckard Cain dude looks really old, and he's yeah. just a scholar. Okay, I'm giving it to Abel now. Abel's just giant muscle man, and he his lack of memory means he doesn't uh, even know why he's doing this. He's just got a punch. So, well, you know, he might not remember like morality. I don't know. You know, yeah. he might just be like yeah. really vicious. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is the perfect venue for Abel. I'm gonna say yeah, I'm gonna true. say Abel now. Yeah, all right. So, all right. I haven't played a lot of Diablo. It's been a long, long time. But isn't Deckard Kane the, the guy that at the beginning of the game gives you the the song and dance about like what the the village is like and you know why you got to go under the village and under the church to kill the yeah demons. he sets so, up the whole story yeah so he's good at really suckering people to come in and do his fighting for mm, okay ah okay. yeah okay so I'm I'm team Deckard Kane on this so you think you think Abel arrives on Violence Island and Deckard just gets ahead of it and and is just like hey I'm the tutorial guy or just tells Abel you don't remember shit so you can do my fighting for me I like this so Abel advances but he is advancing on the behalf of Deckard Kane okay yep yeah that's that's the hell I'm dying on fair enough okay I like this it's it's, it's it's a Kane and Abel team up it's the uh uh, we did this with the rabbits, right? Didn't someone tame the rabbits? Was it yeah, a, someone a did Kratos? tame the rabbits. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, Kratos tamed the rabbits oh, last oh, season. Yeah. Kratos? Of yeah. all people? Well, because mm-hmm. he's a... I, okay, I, I think it was me that did this, and, and I think what I said was that I don't think anyone has ever, like, uh, scolded the rabbits as a dad. You know, like, I think he dadded them. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. That would work. I see it. Yeah. All right. Our next match is Marina Lightyears from Mischief Makers versus Guitaru Man. Guitaru Man plays a guitar, but um, Marina Lightyears, whatever her name is, g- d- shakes people. She goes, shake, shake, shake. And I don't know if anyone can stand up to being shaken that much and having all their coins flop out. So I'm going to go with Maybe I'm gonna Wario. Go with her. Maybe Wario. Maybe Sonic. Okay. So uh, depends on how many rings he's got. Guitaru Man, as far as I know, just plays guitar. I haven't played the game. Does he? Does he have combat abilities? I don't think so. I, he's I, just playing some music. I think he's just playing music. I, you know, he's got like a suit on. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I played Guitaru Man, but I'm pretty sure he's just playing music. Even though he doesn't. So we have like a, a pacifist musician versus someone who uh, violently shakes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think mean, this. This. Is, this yeah. I think we're going with the shaker. I think the guitar can be used as a weapon, and they, like, fight each other with it. Yeah, but we haven't seen evidence that he does that. I I feel like there is a combat aspect to Guitaru Man. Man, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm looking up uh, Guitaru Man on YouTube.com, apparently, which is not a real <laughs> website. <laughs> In Germany, it is, but... Uh... <laughs> Maybe Guitaru Man can, can lull light your lady... Um... I don't know, to, to a, like a docile state with the power of song? No. Does he I do stuff like that? One. I don't know. I don't know. I've, oh, I've never yeah. played either so, of these so games. So Guitaru Man is playing against the devil. But it it is still like... So he's that Ralph Macchio movie? The devil could probably pick him up and shake him. I don't know. Oh, yeah. oh no, they, they are... Okay, okay. The, the guitar does shoot electricity and other kinds of blasts. 
So actually, now I'm not sure. Okay, so we now got a melee versus a uh, versus ranged. Yeah. 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 Brian can lift and throw objects that are as large as a hundred times her own size or weight. Oh, okay. So her principal attack methods are grabbing, shaking, and throwing. So Uh, she's a grappler. Yeah, she's a grappler. If I remember right, there's a lot of trees on Violence Island. That's true. Can I get a map of the terrain? <laughs> we kind of just, make it up as we go. There is a volcano. Okay. We've established there, there's, that. There's a volcano. There's, a volcano. there's currently a lot of trees. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, might not be. Um, just let's let's keep in mind that Miss Mich- Mischief Makers is in a treasure game, and so is yes. uh, is very tough. And Guitar Man. That's right. true. Guitar Man has like a, a tough expression on, but I think a cute. Uh, a cute character in a treasure game is tougher than a main face character in a lot of other games. So yeah. I'm still going. I don't with think her. this match is a blowout, but that. I think Marina can get close enough to. Yeah, I think she way. can. I think she can throw some things, block the blasts, and get in there. This is what we call a good fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good one. All right, our next one is Yuna from Final Fantasy X versus Kuzunoha Raido from Devil Summoner for the PlayStation Two. Oh my god. Devil Summoner dude looks so much cooler. I've yet to play any games on Violence Island this week. <laughs> any of them. This is all boring to me. Well, like, what's Deckard Kane? Yuna summons things to do her dirty work for her. But so does Kuzino and Raido. Oh, it's oh true. okay. And he looks so much cooler. Look at this guy. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a picture. What's what's the second guy? What's Yuzin? What is this? Kuzunoha Raido. Yeah, if you just look up Raido, Devil Summoner, he's like a tough. Um, <laughs> he really looks like a like a a cop or a Nazi. Um, yeah. Is what I would say. He does have that look about him. Yes. And yes, um, he's a Hugo Boss Japanese RPG protagonist. Yes, and yeah. he's he's a kind of an antagonist-ish, right? Anti-hero-ish, I guess. I don't know. I just don't think Yuna's that tough personally. Well, like, judging by Google image search for Yuna, her main thing is that she's pretty. She's pretty, and sometimes she's in water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that, too. She's got guns sometimes. Oh, yeah. She does have oh, guns sometimes. Yeah. Is, she, is she X2 or is she X, Jaffe? Or are they the same person? The submitter specifically cited FFX and okay. not okay. FFX2. So, she, so right. she's got the, the Keyblade or whatever in this picture. Yeah. Right? Like that's <laughs> okay. yeah she's got the Keyblade, and she can summon things she can heal. Yuna is a member of a party in Final Fantasy X. She has a whole bunch of guys to help her out against guys like this. But that's not like now. This. That's not now. But they're that's not, not here. the question. Yeah. No, right. I'm saying here she's on her own. Yeah, right. yeah, we are at, yeah. And she's fighting somebody who I don't think Raido has a party, does he? He doesn't have a party, but he can summon demons. So uh, Right. Well, they can both summon. Oh, yeah, so it's I, like he, he kind of comes equipped with a party. Right. Naturally, she does not. Yeah. But yeah. so does she, sort of, because she's... Like, they both summon stuff, so we're, like, talking summoner versus summoner, I guess, right? But yeah. you only really summons one thing at a time. Yeah, yes. like, she basically summons a boss where Raido would summon the party to fight the boss? Yeah, Raido yeah. summons many minions, so I... Okay. And I still as we know Rido. from JRPGs, the party to beat the boss beats the boss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah strength in numbers. I'm going with Raido here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Our next one was kept vague, and I think we have to honor that. Captain Marvel versus Captain Commando. Okay. Um, Captain Marvel in a video game? Who is that? There, there are a lot of Captains Marvel. Yes. Sure. Well, sorry, I was going to say that Kamala is in the Avengers game, but she's Miss Marvel. She's right. Captain, Marvel. Captain uh, Marvel, I think, would be Carol Danvers, who was in 
the latest uh, Marvel vs. Capcom game. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, that's a good basis of comparison because, like, yeah. Captain Commando was in Marvel 2. Exactly. And, okay. And he was... All right, we're really going to get into it now. So he was a really crappy character, but a, a good assist in that game. But he was not, mm-hmm. not a great character on his own. Whereas, right. from what I know of Marvel Infinite, and it's not a lot, Captain Marvel's still pretty good. So, based on all of these things I've heard secondhand, I'm going to go with Captain Marvel. I, I, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know, gameplay-wise, but power set-wise, it's very clearly Captain Marvel. Yeah, she's yeah. an A-list yeah. Marvel superhero, sure. Uh, this means it's time for us to go on to our semifinals, where we take these carefully curated matches and completely disregard the context in which they were originally intended. Our first match is the Kane and Abel team-up versus Marina Lightyears. <laughs> um, well, this is interesting now because they're both grapplers, but... Yes, for sure, yeah. but one of them can just block and not be throwable. I mean, to a normal person, but Marina can lift times. tanks and such. Yeah, she can do 100 times her, her weight. So, And we also don't know how much she weighs. She could be very heavy. Um, mm-hmm. Because, because like, we don't know what she's, she's... If you look at her construction, she's just like a bunch of ovals attached to sticks. Like, who knows what that weighs. So she could weigh a million pounds. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm still going with her because, because it's a grappler-grappler situation. And I think she's got... And because she's treasure. Because she's treasure. I think Kane's wiles only take him so far here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, treasure characters, it's a, it's a pretty good way to like, nail this coffin shut. But um, yeah. I guess in, in Deckard Kane's, I guess in his defense, he might con other people to join the fight. But I, I mean, if, if we're just talking the three of these people in, a, in, a, in the forest that is the many-treed, um, what is this, Destruction Island? Violence Island. I, yeah, okay, Violence Island. But yeah, we'll go with Lightyear. Yeah, I think so. Our next match, Rido versus Captain Marvel. Boy, that's a tough one. I, it's it's hard when you got these superheroes in there because I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, they're never allowed to die. They die, but then they come back. Like, and sometimes they're just a different person now. So, like, can't is, is this another immortal situation that we have going on? Yeah, this might be a shadow ban kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Carol Danvers has this ability, in the comics at least, called Seventh Sense, which basically allows her to see an attack coming before it happens. And that kind of makes her unbeatable. So she can use the Sixth Sense also? Uh, I think she skipped six all the way to seven. So, so she she can't use... Yeah, she doesn't so, have the sixth, but she does she have the seventh. Early. So like if, yeah. if Rido had the Sixth Sense, we might be okay. Uh, yeah, but I but don't, don't think know that. summoning devils is the same as summoning the dead. Did, right. Wait, does he summon the dead, or is he like, is there no more room in hell, and he's directing traffic? Oh, he summons devils. Um, right. Okay. The game is Devil Summoner. Devil, yeah. Okay. Come on. I, I, <laughs> how dare I? I, I don't know. Rido's the, the guy summons devils. That's summons devils. gotta count for something, right? It, I mean, does does the seventh sense work against biblical evil? I think it's just the fl- perception of the flow of time. So yeah. who the opponent is doesn't matter. I mean, Captain okay. Marvel is almost certainly going to win, but it might be, it, it'll probably be good to watch. Uh, this will be another good fight, yeah. and then Captain Marvel wins. Yeah, I mean, she, I don't know, like I'm thinking about her in the, the movies where she just kind of like flies through a spaceship without thinking about it and it blows up. Um, yeah, well, the movie's the movie. 
Okay. I don't know. All I know about Carol Danvers is that uh, uh, Rogue took her stuff from her. That's true. That's true. Rogue did take her stuff. So if she let that happen, come on. (laughs) (laughs) If she let just some like powerless powerless Southern Belle just (laughs) steal her powers and identity, she's obviously a pushover. Well, here's the thing. If she were fighting Kirby, Kirby would win here because Mm. she has a documented weakness to power stealers. But that's that's not the case here. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a really fair point. Um, so it's just, can she take on some demons, right? Can she take on like near, hordes of demons, near yeah. infinite demons and then eventually get to the sky? And take I think, out. yeah. That's the yeah. kind of stuff superheroes do all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's their favorite deal. Really good at that. Yeah. All right. And that brings us to Marina versus Carol. Man. Sorry, Marina. Yeah. Yeah, Marina can't grab her. She can't grab I, her. Well, yeah, she probably can make herself like, she's got those like, binary powers or whatever right like she's right. she can like be made of fire right yeah she can project energy so she's got the long distance game that made the Gitaru man fight a little even except she's got all these other powers in her favor so i think captain marvel's our winner of our inaugural violence island yeah match i feel, I feel like marina might just retire uh from this fight and not actually engage she'd just be like mm, i'm not gonna do it Too yeah i'd rather go have some fun somewhere yeah, I'm going to go shake some coins out of some weird little shit. going to go guys. make some mischief. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have our winner. We'll see you next month on Violence Island. And now yeah. we return to insert credit. I feel nice. a little empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> superheroes. There shouldn't be superheroes in here. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't... that's like, I mean, Batman, I think, would have been a better choice than Captain Marvel. Like, that's like starting at the top, isn't it? As far as like mm-hmm. getting a superhero in this. Yeah. Yeah, she's very, like, Superman-like, right? But, I mean, I get why they did it. It it was Marvel versus Capcom. I, I understand the logic. Yeah, yeah. But the answer is Marvel in all of the cases. In re- yeah. in reality, like, if we really were trying to weigh them, it's almost always going to be Marvel. Be all Marvel against yeah. all Capcom, it's going to be Marvel. Yeah. Maybe because superhero stuff is about the hero always winning and that's kind of what i was thinking too it's almost like video yeah, game yeah. stuff is about trying to survive despite impossible odds you die right. so many times in a video yeah. game particularly a capcom video game mm-hmm. oh then maybe it should have been a um captain marvel versus generic dark souls protagonist <laughs> yeah that, that might have been used it. to dying so many times yeah that could have worked uh here's my next question External trophy and achievement systems aside, what's the best way to reward a player for 100% completion of a video game? Give him an NFT. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) Give him some crypto. crypto. (laughs) You and I I have talked about this on the show before, but um, I think you and I were both driven by the simplicity of Arkham Knight's side missions to be being like, capture this villain and put them in jail and then watch them be in jail yeah like it's just like kind of compelling to be like i'm after two-face i'm gonna lock his ass up you know like it's just it's like its own reward um because you know these characters already and and you've already committed that that you're batman so when when you know two-face is out there like robbing banks and you could stop him you're just like yeah that's its own reward i'm batman so maybe the best way to reward a player is just an opportunity to hang out with a character you care about yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that this whole, uh, this is kind of a, a cheat, I guess, but like when you 100%, not exactly 100%, but when you close to 100% Symphony of the Night, then you get a whole inverted castle. Like, and, right. then, and then it's 
and then it's a hundred it's two hundred and one point four percent or whatever it is, but that doesn't really that's of course a cheat because ultimately hundred percent is that two hundred percent so yeah it's 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 a tough one because like there are all kinds of things I want to say, like the yakuza premium mode after you've beaten the game, you get the premium mode or premier mode, whatever they call it, and then you can go do all the side quests that you missed, but ultimately that is the path two hundred percent so it, yeah. It feels like once you've hundred percented something, there isn't anything left. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, and that's I'm, kind of an empty feeling. And yeah, I'm kind of semantically painting myself in a corner here. There's got to be a way to send a player off satisfactorily when they've done everything you can do in a game that doesn't leave them feeling like, oh well, I guess that's it. I mean, there's, there's I, okay. the old delete your save file from from. Well, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, like I, the only games I've ever hundred percented. Um, I guess now that that's a verb, uh, the only games I've done that with are games that I just enjoyed playing, right? It's not like there was some sort of carrot on a stick. It's just, yeah. I really like playing this game and I'm going to keep playing it until there's nothing left. Until I played the two near games and 100%ing the game meant the next time you got to, next time you play this, you're going to start over from scratch because we're going to delete your save file. And I thought right. that, that was the most ingenious thing on the planet. Oh, yeah. So I think that's probably. I think that's the answer. Like, you know, we're going to give you a really interesting ending or something really heartfelt from the creator and then it's gone. And then you got to start it, start from scratch. I disagree. I don't, I, I think I know what it is. Go, you go ahead. I'll, then I'll go. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry if you're about to say something meaningful, but <laughs> uh, I know what it is because it's when you, uh, it's when you hundred percent, a game, and then David Cage comes out and he says, "Thank you for playing my game. I did such a good job for you. Uh, you enjoy my genius. Uh, the game is all fini. Uh, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's what it should be." Okay, go ahead, Frank. Um, I don't. I don't think there's ever a compelling reward, reward at the end of 100% completion. But um, John bringing up near. Uh, made me think of what I think my actual answer is, which is that uh, similar to the, the the Arkham answer, which is that completing these side things should be their own reward. And in near, yeah, that tends to just be like coloring the world more, right? Like mm-hmm. like like giving you a better understanding of you know not only the world you're inhabiting, but like the the tone of the story and stuff like that. It's like the uh, yeah the, the near side quest stuff. They're, they're very, it's very depressing. You know, yeah. like, like on purpose, and um, so to me that that I'm I'm never com- I'm never like looking for the end of the rainbow when I'm hundred percenting. I'm 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 just like doing all of the side things because doing them are is just rewarding in itself. I'm not like saving up money to purchase the cool cutscene or whatever. Like I'm yeah I'm engaging because the the game is giving me content that I want to engage with. I think. Something interesting about this is games like Stardew Valley or others where you can essentially 100% it in that you've you've gotten all the content, but you can still keep like you've you've done all the quests or 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 all the specific objectives and things, but the game is going to keep going and you can keep growing things, you can keep doing whatever and it's like at this point you're just living your life now in this video game. You're just here. You're just doing it. You can keep doing all the things you could do before, but now you're at a peaceful place with it. That's that's kind of nice in a way. It can feel a little empty, but it can also feel like I did it. Mm-hmm. And now my reward is I just get to be 
a human being in this world or whatever. Except at the point where you exhaust everything you can say to everybody in the village, and then it's just kind of you alone with all these mannequins. Yeah, that's 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 the world. <laughs> that is indeed the world. Let's go on to our lightning round. We're playing a game today called Pull Quotes. You've been asked to provide a pull quote for the back of a box of a video game. The problem is, you probably haven't had time to play the game, and the quotes do today. <laughs> All you have to go on at this point is the name, and whatever you may or may not have already heard about it. Nice. All of these titles were released in September 2022. So, if you've played it, I'll be very impressed. I, I, I have a quick confession. There is a bullet yes. point uh, confessional thing uh, on the back of a book from me that I've not read still to this day. That rules. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you are more equipped than all of us to play this game. <laughs> Our first game is The Deofield Chronicle. The Deerfield Chronicle? Dio. I'm going to post the names in chat. Oh, yeah, please. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's Dio. Uh, Do we get to look at it? Better than Holy Diver? Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> that joke has layers, guys. No, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah, Ronnie James. Solstice. That's S-O-U-L. Solstice. The best remake of a beloved Super Nintendo game. It's a Super Nintendo game, right? Uh, yeah. This, uh, no, a regular NES, actually. Solstice. Oh, there we go. You're, you're thinking of Solstice, not Solstice. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Which I actually thought is what Jeffy was talking about. So I, don't, I don't know what this one is. Uh, okay, Solstice. Uh, I just looked it up on Google. Stayed up. Uh, reminds us why we love Unreal Engine 4. Hyphen, <laughs> IGN. All right, your next one is Metal Hellsinger. Oh, I know someone who worked on this game, so I have to recuse myself uh, lest I be uh, colludy. No, the quote is, I know someone who worked on this game. Yeah, I know someone who worked on this game. You know, that counts. I, I'm going to give you the point for that. That would be a great uh, box quote. It would be. Our next game is The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero. Uh, just don't try to divide by it. <laughs> Edge, Edge magazine. <laughs> Come on, you already know if this is your thing. Why are you reading this? <laughs> that's that's right. cool. Do you like Falcom animes? That, that, that's it exactly. Voice of cards, the beasts of burden. What of cards? Voice of cards, Voice the of beasts cards. of burden. I think this is a Yoko Taro joint, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That, that's also my quote. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Yoko Tone, isn't it? <laughs> right. Your next game is Little Orpheus. Aww. The prequel we were all waiting for. <laughs> it's, the, it's the prequel to Orpheus. Sure is. I'll take it's it. It's a battle of Olympus. Yeah. I was expecting something much cuter from the name of Orpheus. Made in Abyss, binary star falling into darkness. <laughs> well, I've seen this anime. Um, I, I, so so I've seen the, this anime, and so I will say not as good as the anime, right? That's a bad pull quote. Oh, yeah, you don't want that on the box. Come on. It's not my fault. Make a better game. Okay, how about almost as good as the anime? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need another answer. God darn it. Based on an anime. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if you love the anime, you'll like this game. <laughs> if you like a maid floating in a void... No. This no, is for if, you. If you loved the original anime, there's a game now. I think I've read reviews with a variation of that in it. 
Your next game is Wayward Strand. <laughs> Fix your hair. Hair? Yeah. <laughs> Wayward Strand. Um, finally, a strand, a stranding game for the rest of us. I like that one. That's very good. Thank you. Pretty, pretty looking game. I, I don't know. I just said that. I don't know. The, pretty looking like, game. That wasn't actually like a. a I like that. I like point, that one too. Sure. That that was an honest. That actually came out of me honestly. So let's go. Next game is Potion Permit. Potion permit. Um, He's got my permission to play it. Has my stamp of approval. Mm, I'll take it. Finally, a game with pixel art. I got a notion <laughs> to make some potions. And finally, you suck at parking. No, I don't. <laughs> False. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my pull quote. Okay, my 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 pull quote there is: We were all thinking. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I get it. I'm doing the math here, and Frank, you have won again. Congratulations. How is that possible? You're just too good at this show. Uh, this is the point where we offer our plugs and recommendations to our own personal projects and things we're enjoying that we think our audience should check out. Uh, okay, I'll start. Uh, if you want to buy anything in Japan, you should do it now because the <laughs> exchange rate is so positive <laughs> for, for anyone outside of Japan, basically. Uh, everything's so goddamn cheap, so think about that. Then the other thing is uh, I'm going to recommend a mediocre movie, as I like to do <laughs> on here. Uh, the movie Cypher from 2002, starring uh, Jeremy Northam and Lucy Liu, directed by Vincenzo Natale, who is the director of The Cube. And I was I watched this because I was trying to just see what other movies that guy did. And one of them was this. And it's a it's a sci-fi movie that has a lot of muted tones and a lot of that kind of 2002 Y2K aesthetic stuff to it. It's not great, but and the, and I didn't love the ending pr- particularly, but it really evokes a certain kind of mood and a certain kind of so the 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 protagonist is like the acting is bizarre and all over the place it's like is he trying to play a character is he trying to play a character playing a character it's very hard to tell what the actor's intention is and uh i find that compelling which is why i love christopher lambert so much because it's just like is he does he know what he's doing is he serious about what he's doing is he doing a bit we'll never know but the fact that we don't know makes the movie better. And so that's my recommendation for, for Cypher 2002. That's that's all my recs. Have I mentioned the new uh, Beavis and Butthead on this show? I don't remember. You did. Okay. Well, Still good. The one I watched last night was pretty good. So it's Still good. good. There's some bad episodes, actually. Um, there always were. So it's kind of it's faithful. You know, fitting with the tradition of this show. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but when it's good, it's really, really good. <laughs> Nice. Um, I will add to it, which is that um, sometimes it's not, you know, just the show about them as teenagers. Like sometimes it's just like, okay, the actual age they would now be in 2022. Um, It's like old Beavis and Butthead. And um, it is uh, uh, fittingly depressing. Like it's even sadder. (laughs) Like there's sort of a black comedy thing to it. I can't imagine that would have been sunny whatsoever no it's awful like and a line that sticks out to me is they're watching a music video and and um as old ones as the old guys as old ones yeah as old guys they still they still do the same thing except it's in like you know butthead's like assisted living apartment but uh beavis is like i think i'm an alcoholic but for like beer 
<laughs> that's really good oh man it's oh just, what a good show it's really just upsetting and and it's like there's, <laughs> there's no like there's no uh glimmer of hope because they're still in their youth anymore <laughs> like yeah. it's just, there, there's just there, there's nothing left it's just really yeah. really upsetting in, in, in a really fun way sort of john you got anything <laughs> i'm just really sad after hearing that um <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I've been watching, I'm, I'm a guy in his early forties that's got a small child and a wife that goes to sleep about the same time as my kid does. So I don't really get a chance to watch a lot of TV anymore or, or movies and such. Um, but I did recently finally tear through Breaking Bad and, uh, I know this is, I'm very old news. I'm really late to the party. Have you this. heard of this I, show? I, you know, I just recently heard of it. Yeah. And, um. It was really good, and El Camino was awesome. I it was one of those one of those movies that I was not I was very unsure how to feel about it as I was sitting there watching it, and it was the next morning when I woke up completely satisfied that I I had kind of went through that with that character. Yeah, I loved it. It was really great. So if if you're like me and have never seen Breaking Bad, it's it's a good idea. El Camino is that hundred percent reward. Uh, uh, but it's not not anymore there's better call saul that's true which i'm gonna wait another i don't know four or five years and maybe sit through better call saul i'm actually watching that now um so i don't know seemed too obvious i'm gonna recommend that some other time maybe i don't know some other time i'm waiting for better call the, like the last season to show up on netflix so i can just basically swallow it whole like i did with breaking Makes bad sense. yeah oh yeah if, if they're not gonna feed me uh the stuff i'll find a way it's my well, I have some recommendations of my own. I'd like to recommend that if you're listening to this show in some format where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you do this. And if you're not listening to the show in that format, do it. Like, switch over to one where you can do that. It helps us. Come on. And if you're not listening to the show, how are you hearing us? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? That's something we would love to know. Please yeah, get in touch know. with us. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash insert credit where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, listen to monthly bonus episodes, and get other exclusive content. In fact, our editor, Esper Quinn, recently left their day job to pursue their creative passions. So I'd like to offer a little pledge drive here to help them out as much of our Patreon goes towards paying them. So here's my offer. If you show me proof at Alex Jaffe on Twitter that you are a new or upgrading Patreon member to insert credit, I will let you personally choose an obscure video game reference for me to open a future episode with. Very good. This is a limited time offer. Take advantage. You can also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com. Follow us on Twitter at insertcredit or search for insertcredit on YouTube. Wishlist Demon School on Steam by Necrosoft. Heck yeah. Listen to our sister show, the Video Game History Hour with Frank Savaldi. Whoa, we're a sister show? I didn't know that. Cool. You are now. Wow. I've adopted you. Girl, you a sister show. <laughs> Watch the Action Button channel on YouTube. And while you're on YouTube, go over and check out Annotated Games by John Learned. This show is edited by Esper Quinn with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I was John Learned. And the Metroidvania genre cannot be improved. <laughs> That's right.
Well, I mean, what what I didn't get to in, in, in that is that, like, I, I think the overall structure, probably not, but maybe the second to second can, but that's almost outside of the genre, you know? Yeah. Like, like yeah. how good the fighting feels or whatever. It's like well, Everybody does that, though. Like, I mean, if you're going to mess with a Metroidvania, it's probably going to be based on combat or or how you explore. Right. So but I, I feel you're, like you're a, absolutely right. a surprising number of people do not do any of those things. And they're just like, <laughs> I'm going to make one. <laughs> 